Welcome to the HVAC Financial Freedom Podcast, a show where we talk about HVAC business ownership and financial freedom by sharing stories and advice of experts who can help you get there. Now your host, John Victoria. Hello and welcome everybody to the HVAC Financial Freedom Podcast, a podcast for HVAC business owners who are looking to take their business to the next level, their finances, as well as their life. And so I'm very excited to welcome uh, for everyone today a very special guest, Mr. Robert Curtis of the Business Group Resources. And so um, to kind of intro him before I get into his actual intro, the reason why I was so excited for, to share you with uh, share him with you today is that uh, we were talking about a, a credit that uh, companies can use in order to recover their profit. And so he gave me this uh, case study. It was an HVAC company. I believe he said it was $4.5 million a year in annual revenue, about 23 employees. And uh, you guys were able to help them recover over $60,000. And, you know, that's some serious dough, right? That's that yeah. dough they can invest back into the business. That's dough that you can put, you know, just into the bottom line, or it could be things that you can invest into your infrastructure and training. And so because of that, I was so excited to share what this was all about and how HVAC business owners can use this to grow their business and take back profits that are already theirs that is just locked up because they had paid it in taxes. And so as a quick intro, um, you know, Robert is a national account manager for business group resources, and they are a specialty accounting firm. And what he does is he brings to his work a long and successful career as a small business owner, a trainer, a speaker, consultant to small and medium-sized businesses in the areas of marketing, operations, and organization. And uh, just prior to this, we were talking and hashing things out about uh, BNI. He's, he was a previous director consultant on BNI, and he is a Centricity Certified Business Coach. So welcome, Robert. I'm so hey, glad to you. have you on the show. <laughs> I am very glad to be here, John. Looking forward to our conversation. Awesome. So, yeah, I guess just to kick things off, I, I think yeah. that a great place to start would just be uh, your story, right? You have a, a long history working in business. You know, you we talked briefly about how you used to help with uh, you're working with a business brokerage. But, you know, what's your story? Like, how did you get to helping with the with this credit? Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's a long story and it starts with a master's degree in philosophy. And when I got out of school with that, I'm like, now what the heck do I do? <laughs> so, um, it didn't really prepare me for a whole lot. Um, I, um, I, I've had a number of different uh, positions. Right out of school, a friend and I started a wholesale natural food distribution company. Oh. So that's how I learned, mostly by trial and error, about operations and marketing and business. But uh, it was pretty successful after 10 years, we sold it to a large grocery chain. Uh, and then I, I moved on from there and I've just been involved in business since then, um, usually kind of working other people's problems, um, either on an operational level or, or uh, a marketing level, uh, some process mapping. Uh, so yeah, you'd mentioned the, the business brokerage. Um, a uh, partner and I had a business brokerage. We were doing a lot of customer-facing uh, businesses. And um, I, I was also working with the R&D tax credit at the time when uh, I met business owners where the R&D tax credit was applicable. I said, hey, 
get this, you know, you can you can recoup some cash that you'd already paid out in taxes uh, and drop it to the bottom line. It's going to make the business uh, more profitable, uh, you know, and it will help you. So what happened a few years ago, just before or just when COVID hit is uh, I live in Pennsylvania and uh, the government shut down companies like real estate companies and other companies where you had to show properties indoors. And of course, I had a visit with prospective buyers to, to sellers' businesses. So it got shut down. And then also, as I mentioned to you before, um, a lot of the businesses we worked with just went out of business or were difficult yeah. to sell because take a dry cleaner. Usually you look at the last three years profit and what the business owner has taken out. And that's how you look at the value of the business. Well, if a dry cleaner, if nobody's going to work anymore to go into the office and you can wear the same shirt a hundred times, <laughs> what's the future value of that business? Yes. So um, uh, the, uh, the partnership dissolved and uh, I started doing the R&D tax credit full time because I found a number of things. One, I could do it nationally and remotely. Uh, also, especially with COVID, it was really helpful to owners who needed some cash. Uh, and just in general, I find that it's it's much more rewarding working with uh, small business owners and helping them uh, recover taxes they never should have paid. It's their money. They should keep it to build the business or buy a sailboat. It's up to them. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that's 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 the thing that surprised me so much. Like when we first started chatting about this, um, like I can't believe that there's money that is owed to you that currently exists. You just don't know it's yours. It's just sitting in the government's bank account. Yeah. And yeah. so it's 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 crazy. But before we hop in, I I didn't know about uh, you selling to the large grocery chain. Like what's I I got to I got to press rewind real quick. That's that's well, awesome. Like, that was sort of interesting. It was I got out of school. I had no idea what the heck I was going to do with my life at that point. And I went to a uh, a wedding. Uh, my girlfriend's friend's wedding, and uh, I was seated at a table next to this guy. We started talking, and he said, yeah, I I'm starting to like do a little food distribution company, wholesale food distribution and natural foods. So um, I said, you know what? I got to look for a job, and it's really going to just going to be a drag just doing that day in and day out. I'll help you a couple of days a week, you know, while I'm looking for a job. Well, 10 years later, we were still together. <laughs> I never found another job. So we went from a Ford Econoline van in a garage to a 30,000 foot square, where, square foot warehouse, uh, a few straight jobs and, and a couple of Stepmaster vans. And, wow. uh, and this was pre Whole Foods when there were a lot of like little local uh, natural foods and health food and vitamin shops around. And that's who our customer base was. Um, and then a, a pretty large distributor came in one day and said, hey, we really like what you're doing here. Uh, we would love to buy the goodwill of your customer list, or we can drop our prices for six months and you'll oh. be out of business. <laughs> oh, that's All there these, was, there was, man. It was an offer we couldn't refuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. But you, you really saw from the, so the ground up. So you oh, saw yeah. inception really just getting it off the ground, marketing yep. sales, fulfillment, all the way to, to getting a nice, imagine a nice payout at the end of it. And it was, it was yeah. And, and like all sorts of things you sort of like never think of, like, you know, the, the, the more our volume was, 
the, the more we could drop our freight costs. We could go from, you know, LTL to, you know, full truckload or on juices, we actually brought in a rail car. You know, we were able to sell enough to bring a rail car in and, and store it in the warehouse. So, um, yeah, a lot of things that people on the outside don't think of, you know, in terms of business. And unfortunately, a lot of people on the inside don't look at some of those operational cost savings things. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah Learn quite a lot. It's beautiful. Yeah. The economies of, of scale, right? You yeah. Know, oh, yeah. Do that. And um, yeah, that's. That's that's very impactful. Um, and so you said 10 years. So you were about 30, 32 at the time, right? You said right out of college. Yeah, uh, yeah just about. I was late 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, so, man, so many people would wish was... to be in your position, right? Late 20s, not even 30s yet, sold a business. That's that's amazing. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. You know, and uh, just went on from there. I will say... Um, that we had about 32 employees. And after that, I always liked businesses with no employees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, employees are really important. Uh, I, I just, I marvel at the small business owners I talk to. And what's amazing about them is they have the audacity to think that they can build something from nothing and they're willing to take on the responsibility of knowing they have employees who depend on them and their families depend on them yes. um, and, and making that payroll every week. I mean, that's a real responsibility. So I, I just I really appreciate kind of that attitude and, and kind of strength, the character and will that business owners have that that they do that. But and yeah. I know a lot of the listeners are those HVAC business owners. And, you know, I just, I mean, both me and Robert, just like, thank you. It it takes such grit to get something off the ground. Oh, yeah. Keep things going. And then the responsibility, it can really weigh on someone. Yep. Um, because it's, yeah, families' lives and their yeah. kids and, and their financial security that it's dependent on the business. And so. Exactly. Um, yeah, more power to all, all you who are listening, who are the business owners, like you guys really are, you know, making the difference in people's lives. It's yeah. in your employees and it's in your team. It's in, it's in the community. So thank yeah, they're, the, they're the, the backbone of most small, most communities, small businesses like that. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. And so, so I guess, um, I'd love to hop into the credit now because sure. Now knowing yeah. it, we got we got this background. It's crazy. Like I, I love I love the story. Uh, start the the selling and and now it's taken yeah. us to today where um, there's this missing or untapped opportunity for a lot of business owners. And so uh, maybe just to start things off, like what what is this R and D tax credit? Um, so, can you kind of explain what it's all? Yeah, about? Let, let me give you a tiny bit of history, and that that that'll help explain it. In uh, 1981, we were having a really difficult time competing uh, against foreign auto companies. You know, the American auto companies, they just, you know, were having a rough time against Toyota and, and uh, Nissan and, and the others. So the government stepped in uh, to, with a temporary tax credit called the Research and Development Tax Credit. And the idea behind it was to help support the car manufacturers and help keep jobs on U.S. shores. Well, it, can, it kept getting renewed and renewed. I mean, 42 years later, it's still here, right? The temporary tax credit. But somewhere along the line, it was made a permanent part of the tax code. 
And then also, as the years went by, it broadened and changed, but they never changed the name. Mm. So it's still called the Research and Development Tax Credit. And that's why a lot of people don't know about it or don't take advantage of it. I mean, when most people think uh, they hear R&D tax credit, they're like, what, what's that got to do with me? Nobody in my company, like, you know, wears a lab coat and walks around with a clipboard. Yeah. So um, matter of fact, the Wall Street Journal did a, a, a poll, I guess, about five years ago now. And they found that 90 percent of companies with 50 employees or fewer who are eligible for the credit don't know about it or don't take it. And, wow. and a lot of it is just, you know, because they hear the name and if they got doesn't have anything to do with me. Um, and before you go out and shoot your CPA, <laughs> let me defend CPAs. <laughs> there are 70,000 pages in the tax code. Nobody knows all of them. And your CPA does a great job. He or she files your year ends. They file your quarterlies. You know, they give you some tax advice, but they can't know every little thing and be really familiar with how to use everything in the tax code. So I usually tell people we're sort of like a specialist. If you go to your primary <clears throat> doctor and you have this like really bad rash, he or she is going to say, you know what? I'm going to send you to a dermatologist. Yes. Right. So we're the dermatologists. <clears throat> we're the specialists. And, and that's all we do. We don't compete with your CPA. Uh, we don't replace your CPA. We do this one job and then we're out of there. And your CPA takes care of you day in and day out. Love it. So CPA, let's imagine them more of like, I don't know, your your primary care physician and yep. then you need some specialists who, I mean, that that's a long doc, you know, tax code. They, yeah. they built it so we can't understand all of it. There's exactly. just so much. I mean, it's changing all the time too. It's not like it's a moving target, you know? Exactly. So, I mean, we, we center on like just a few little pages of the tax code. We know it really well. We've been doing just that for uh, 20 years now. And your CPA has got to deal with everything. So he or she is a generalist. I see. Yeah. So so it, it would always be in supplement to our CPA. It's not in replacement. Exactly. We never replace the CPA. We don't compete with CPAs. As a matter of fact, some firms farm out the R&D work to us because it's labor intensive and they know that we're going to do a better job than they are. And, and they're spending their time better working with their clients day in and day out. Gotcha. Yeah, it's just yeah. too too niche. Just to yeah, exactly. Modify. Got it. And and in terms of businesses, so uh, what types of businesses are eligible? I, I think obviously we know HVAC businesses are yeah. eligible, but for anyone else who might be listening, like what who's like encompassed in that? I, I know the <laughs> definition is expanded so, over time. So. Yeah, it, it, this is sort of a clunky definition. It's mine, but it works. But if a company is solving individual problems for a specific client and they're not off the shelf, like one size fits all, then it probably works. So certainly for manufacturers, that's where it all began. Uh, doctors, dentists, uh, veterinarians, uh, almost anybody in construction, including HVAC, solar, you know, plumbing and the rest. Um, and it also companies like IT companies, right? They're solving individual problems for each of their IT clients. Yes. So I sort of joke with people. I, the three companies, types of companies I can help 
are nonprofits because they don't pay taxes <laughs> yeah. and restaurants and retailers. Uh, because all those chefs might argue with you, a lot of it's just product in, product out. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Love that. So, yeah, majority of so that basically anyone who's, I imagine anyone who's watching this would most likely be eligible. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Anybody in HVAC. I've never met an HVAC company that wasn't eligible. Perfect. Or, and, or you know, construction company. And if anyone has any questions, of course, you know, we're going to provide Robert's information at the end of this so you can reach out. Um, ask any questions, see if you're eligible. And if it sounds right for you, there's there's some serious potential dough that you can recover yeah. for your business. Um, and so- and, and let, I'm sorry, John, let me just say this. It's like, if you recover money in taxes you shouldn't have paid, 100% of that drops to the bottom line. Mm-hmm. But if you go out and do a sale and get more revenue, you've got expenses and everything else. Yep. Probably only 20% of that drops to the bottom line. That's like a good business is operating the right way. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, <laughs> you know, saving is always going to get you more money than more sales. Wow. As a percentage. Yeah. That's that's so true because, yeah, you don't have the same overhead. You're, there's no cost of fulfillment. It's, it's just the money that's yours dropping straight to the bottom yep. line. Exactly. Wow. And... And once that I, I was really surprised about, you know, saw it on your guys' website is that you're recovering $4 million a year, or sorry, $4 million monthly and $1 million. Yeah, about a million dollars a week on average for our clients. And our clients are small businesses. I would say 90% of our clients are between two and 10 or $12 million a year in annual revenue. And 10 or 11 to maybe 50 employees. Wow. And so, I mean, and they're for, really, you know, they're truly small businesses. And for recovery, like, is there like an average that a business typically recovers within that range? Or is it really, no. it really vary from? It, it really varies in a lot of things. Um, the activity, specific activities of the business. Uh, and then because most of the companies I work with are pass-through entities, S, uh, you know, subchapter yeah. S or LLCs, you know, it depends on the individual situation of the owner, you okay. know, and other, other deductions they, they may have. And, you know, uh, so it, it really varies, but it, it's usually pretty substantial. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if I just had to do a ballpark, we're allowed to go back three years and look back three years. So if I had to do a ballpark, if I had a company that was doing, say, three million a year and had, I don't know, 15 or 20 employees, we'd probably be looking at about seventy five thousand dollars as an average, twenty five thousand a year. Wow. Twenty five thousand yeah. a year. Yeah. Well, yeah, just and if you're listening, like what could you do? Yeah, with seventy five thousand dollars, right? You know, that's that's money that <laughs> you thought was gone, right? You paid it to Uncle exactly. Sam, you paid right. quarterly taxes, and you're like, oh, that's that's fine. But no, there's what could you, man? That you could do a lot with seventy five thousand. Yep. Wow, that's insane. Um, 
Okay, so let's say that I wanted to recover that $75,000. Yeah. Like what what would the process look like with working together with you? Like how would we start? Like what would be okay. needed to get started? Like what well, does that we, process look like? We try to keep it pretty simple because we know that with most small businesses, there's not like a lot of layers of management, you know, that the owner's time is valuable, right? It, you know, he or she doesn't have time to take a lot of time out to look at this. So I start with about a 15-minute conversation where we do the 30,000 foot overview of what it is. I'll answer the person's questions and then uh, ask a couple of questions myself to make sure it's a business that fits. Um, And then after that, we know whether do we, you know, is it worth going ahead? Do they want to go ahead or not? If they want to proceed, the next step is about a 30 minute conversation. And there, I'll do a deep dive into the business in terms of asking about specific activities and, you know, do they do this, do they do that, about, you know, some operational stuff. Uh, so that takes about 30 minutes. And then after uh, we, we do that 30-minute interview, uh, they would upload to our secure server uh, their personal and corporate taxes for the last three years. And then depending on the complexity of it, about one or two weeks later, we come back with a quote saying, look, we looked at these and this is our estimate of what we can get back for you. And they can choose to walk away and say, you know what? I'm leaving money on the table. Or they can say, hey, let's go ahead and recover that money. So at that point, um, we take a percentage of what is recovered. And um, we file uh, amended returns, and then uh, you know the return, you know the re, uh, the refunds will come in. Now, I want to uh, truth in advertising here. I want to tell you, since COVID, the IRS is really, really slow. So it used to be four to six months for refund checks to come in. They're getting a little bit better, but during the worst of COVID, it was like eight to 12 months. Wow. So that money does come in, but they've just been slow as molasses. The upside of that is from the day that that amended return is received from them until the day they cut that refund check, they pay 4% interest. Really? Wow. yeah. And most people are not getting 4% anywhere these days. That's better than yeah, <laughs> a high-yield savings account. You know, right. one- <laughs> yeah, my high-yield savings account, I think, is getting 1% right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Four, so, dang, it's a 4%, and it's, it's almost in your interest, right? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, keep it slow. You know? I know the IRS hired, Take what, like 70,000 right? agents or something recently? You're like, no, oh, Keep keep with the hiring process. You guys can take your time. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. So, so it's a pretty simple process. I would say that the entire amount of time a business owner has to spend with me over a few meetings is hour to an hour and a quarter tops. Wow. And it it sounds like there's no risk at all, too, right? Because if it's a is it is there a is there an application fee or is it just the percentage? No, no. It, it, again, just you know to, to fully. Tell you, we, we, we take a percentage, half of that percentage we take when somebody says, yeah, let's go ahead. And the other half we take is the checks come in. Now, mm. if the refund is different than what we originally said, then we would refund 
anything that we took at the beginning, you know, the, you know, the, if, if we took too much, but yeah. um, if there's no recovery, there's no cost. That's awesome. But we have been doing this for 20 years and that's why I want to have that 15 minute conversation. I don't want to waste somebody's time, theirs or ours, if it's not a business that's going to fit. And uh, when we come up with that estimate, I mean, they're just, it's like a few dollars off what our final numbers are. And we've gotten pretty good at this. So, you know, it's not like a really wild estimate. It's pretty dead on. Wow. So yeah, just to recap for everyone who might just be hopping in right now. So got $3 million your business, potentially you could recover $75,000 is really no risk at all to you. It's going to be percentage only, you know, if you decide to move forward and they are able to recover it, got about 20 years of experience, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like a no brainer. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the money's there for small businesses. The small businesses really deserve to have it. And it's just, you know, kind of like one of those best kept secrets sort of thing. And it's because of the most, mostly because of the name. Just yeah. the label. Um, wow. And, and I guess this could be, this is, I think this is an obvious question, but um, so if someone's running a, a business at a loss over many years, right? They're not, you, no matter what, they can't recover. They nothing can't, to recover, <laughs> right? They haven't had to pay taxes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, if, if you're, if you're running things at a loss, there's this, there's no shot you get this, but if you are profitable, you are large enough, then there's, possibly money that that you can recover through the the R&D tax credit. If so. you're an H, HVAC or you know in in general construction or something else and you're paying taxes, there's probably money to get back. If you're not paying taxes, well, no, there's nothing to get back. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess just the transition. So let's say that we let someone let's say someone gets that uh that that money back. Yeah. Some of the things that you've seen in terms of growing uh, people's businesses, like what what have you seen like people do with that money? Um, you know, we, we talked about a few ideas in the past, but is there any common things that people usually reinvest it back into? Well, yeah, the funny thing it? that I mentioned before, you know, uh, was one guy bought himself a new sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but most business owners invest it back into the business. I've seen some try to enrich some of the benefits for their employees because especially these days, if you've got good employees, you want to keep them. Yes. Right. I mean, it's really hard to find good employees these days. So some folks have looked at benefits. I've had other guys just go out and buy one more truck because they have not been able to take on more jobs because they just didn't have the, the ability. They didn't have another truck to put out there on the street. Um, you know, so, um, sometimes it's replacing equipment. Um, I actually had one who was still doing a lot of stuff on paper and, um, they took the money, they put in a whole new computer system, uh, all, all their service technicians got iPads and everything in the company was now in real time and in the cloud. Wow. So, you know, estimates, billing, um, uh, you know, parts, inventory, uh, just everything. So, I mean, that, that was huge because now they also had all the information to, you know, uh, to, to look at the metrics of the business and know where there was waste, where they could improve. 
So it wasn't just a matter of better record keeping. It was providing a tool as long as it's used, you know, and somebody's really evaluating the information to really grow the business substantially. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, most, most folks put it back into the business, you know, whether it's in just, uh, again, you know, whether it's inventory equipment uh, or, or in, in uh, changing uh, and upgrading some processes. Yeah. And also the other one, I'm, I'm biased on this one. It would be marketing, right? You know, reinvest the back. Sorry, I should have mentioned that. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's really important, right? Marketing your business. Uh, and it's funny. It's the thing that people usually drop the first, right? I mean, if, yeah. and when money gets tight, that's the last thing you want to drop. Because people think of it as, oh, it's a cost center. You know, I'm paying somebody to do my marketing. No, it's not. It's a profit center. If done right. Yeah. If, if done right, right if done it's a right, It's center. bringing people in the door. Right. I mean, you know, you look at the return on investment. And if it's bringing people in the door, if it's bringing people to you instead of your competitor, you, you don't get rid of something like that. Yes. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, right? Just, for, you know, this money that's already yours, reinvesting and growing back the business, you yep. only get, you know, more market share, you get further ahead. It's, it's really a, a virtuous cycle uh, with yep. all of this. Exactly. Um, and I guess one other question would be, so let's say someone does get this uh, R&D tax credit one yep. year, it goes three years back. What about the future? Is this something that someone should do on a regular basis where yes. you know, next year they recover again? Next and it year? actually gets better in the future. And I'll tell you why. Because when we do that three-year look back, we're looking at historical documents, right? Yes. Somebody's already filed their taxes. We can't change those numbers. We have to take those numbers and you know get what credit we can based on that. Going forward, we would work with your accountant. So before he or she files the corporate and the personal returns, they would send them to us to take a look at, you know, along with the R&D information that we gather from the, you know, client. And then we would prepare the R&D credit tax form, hand it over to your accountant who would include it in their filing. So when we get in there on the ground floor, so to speak, before it's written in stone, we can usually get substantially more R&D credit for the, uh, for the uh, client. And for then, instead of waiting for a refund, they get to cut a smaller check to the IRS. Wow. So this, this is not uh, an HVAC uh, contractor, but I, I was recently... Uh, working, I guess it was like in June or July, because they, they they got an extension on their corporate. But anyhow, I was working with a uh, remodeling contractor. He does like mother-in-law suites, you know, add-ons, that sort of stuff. Um, and um, he, let's see, I'm trying to think. I think he's close to around six million a year, and I'm not sure how many employees. I don't remember now. Maybe about thirty employees, but. We, we did a, a workup for him to hand over to his accountant, and he was able to write a check $65,000 smaller than he would have to the IRS at the end of the year. Wow. And and it would have been less in R&D credit if we had been doing a look back on it. But it, it can be a really significant savings. Wow. That's... So, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a yearly thing. And again, it's a permanent part of the tax code now. 
And, and because of the whole issue with supply chain and bringing as much business back to this country as we can instead of doing it overseas, I think this tax credit's only going to strengthen. It's not going anywhere. Love that. Yeah, it's because just... it's, it's really a jobs program. The idea is if the government gives you this money to help make your company more competitive and healthier and to grow it, you're going to have more employees. The company's going to grow. And they're going to pay more in taxes so that, you know, the government will end up getting their share. Oh, yeah. Always get <laughs> Always their share. Right? Uncle Sam got to get his cut. Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. So, um, yeah, it's 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 I, I can I think of it more like uh, like you, you need to get your doctor's appointment every year. But if you don't yeah. go like, you know, you won't die. But like if, if I mean, you're, you're missing out on a lot of these big yeah. benefits. And so. You know, once you let's say get your checkup, you know, you got your look back over the past three years. Now, like you got to go to the doctor every year moving forward to keep yourself healthy, you know, retain that profit and just continue to, you know, reinvest, be able to reinvest in the business, not pay as much to to Uncle Sam. That's that's a big name of the game. Just <laughs> so look, keep your money. <laughs> I, I bet every HVAC contractor is working or watching this. They have a contract with their clients to come and check their equipment each year, mm -hmm. right? To do a, an annual checkup to make sure it's operating well, it's cleaned. I mean, we do the same thing. Let us look at it each year. And if there's something to be had, great. You're going to benefit. If there isn't, nothing lost. Let's get that money. <laughs> Robert, this is this is so fun just talking about the R and D tie. I never thought I would ever, you know. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I love talking about it. It sounds like the most boring thing in the world. Who the heck wants to talk about taxes? But I see what it means to the small business owners I work with, and it, it just makes a huge difference to them. So I, I, yeah, I love it. I love talking to the business owners, and I love working with this. It really helps folks. Me too. And you know, whoever's uh, listening, watching. Um, you know, hope this was helpful. Um, I think that you're going to push to a close for the podcast, but it was, you know, I think this is something that if you're not taking advantage of now, um, this is something you should look into, reach out to Robert. Um, as, as we spoke about, there, there's really no risk to you and there's right. potentially profit again, that is locked away that you can use to reinvest, especially in a time like now you know yeah. this is you know august 2022 you know looming you know recession or are we currently in it you know, people say different things but now would be a great opportunity to recover that profit be able to reinvest into your team especially with like hiring nowadays like being able to retain your employees and and grow your business if you want to reinvest into marketing yeah. so this is like a strategic time um, so if you guys, again, are, you know, want to reach out, you know, Robert, how would they get in contact with you if they wanted? To well, uh, a couple of different ways. I've, I've got a really difficult uh, email address. It is uh, Robert B as in boy Curtis with two S's at businessgroupresources.com. A little bit easier is on LinkedIn. I'm Robert Curtis with a green check mark after my name, or they could just text or call me. Um, 
Got it. And Robert, we'll also include all of your contact information in the okay. show notes. And so if you're listening to this, uh, you know, after we've recorded this, it'll be in the show notes, the description. So you can reach out to, to Robert and I, I highly suggest that you do so. I've already spoken to Robert that I want to do this myself. Uh, you know, there's this profit that we need to recover and, you know, I want you to, you know, benefit from that too. So yeah, before we close out, Robert, any final words, any words of wisdom for, um, you know, the different business owners on board or anything to, to close the loop? Well, you know what? You and I were talking about uh, when I was working with the business brokerage. So the only thing, and people probably know it intuitively, although they may not, you know, think it through is for a lot of these business owners, their business is the retirement plan, right? One day they want to sell it so they can retire. And only one out of five businesses actually sells. And one reason is because the businesses aren't saleable. It doesn't stand on its own. The business owner is too important. So I tell people, get your business to a place where you could take a two-week vacation and not have to call in twice a day to ask how things are going. If you can make yourself not indispensable, then you probably have a saleable business and you can have a nice retirement. I love that. And that's, and you, you know, you're putting in 20, 30 years of really hard grunt work. You deserve to enjoy and relax. So, you know, make sure you build a business that's saleable. And that's the philosophy shifts. I, th I think it's the, um, you know, Robert Kiyosaki talks about, you know, the employee versus the, the business owner versus the investor, self-employed in the different mm -hmm. quadrants. And, and as an employee, I think folks might want to make themselves indispensable, right? Yep. You know, you, the boss doesn't let you go. But when you are a business owner and you own this asset, if you are indispensable, then how are you going to ever stop working? <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody wants to buy a business where the business owner hasn't taken a vacation in 30 years because he or she can't walk away from their business. Yeah, I ain't buying another job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right. Right. You don't want you're buying a business because you're sick of working for somebody else or having a job. So you want to right. Exactly. You hit it, John. Love it. Well, thank you, Robert. Thank oh, you, thank Robert, you for tuning in. I'm so excited about this. Again, we'll add uh, Robert's contact information to Thanks. the show notes. And yeah, we'll we'll catch y'all on the next episode. All Thanks, right. Everyone. I'll be watching. Take care. Thanks. Take care, everyone. Welcome to the HVAC Financial Freedom Podcast, a show where we talk about HVAC business ownership and financial freedom by sharing stories and advice of experts who can help you get there. Now your host, John Victoria.